just I just I just speak my peace keep my peace What's good everybody? Welcome to episode 53 of the Speak My Peace podcast. Um we doing things a little different this week. I decided to go ahead and take advantage of everybody being in the house. So I want to try out testing this episode, recording it on IG Live as I'm recording the audio portion. So for my audio viewers, for you guys that hear this tomorrow, if you if it sounds like I'm addressing people or you think I'm talking to myself, I know I'm usually talking to myself, but that's not the case. I actually have an audience, uh, an actual live audience for once, uh, rather than me just recording in a room by myself. So welcome. Welcome all you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in and welcome to everybody else that's going to join sooner or later. Um, before we do start this podcast, I do want to start with a, a long story. Um, I wish I could say a short story, but the way that I, I tell stories, and I have to get the details and stuff like that. It makes it longer than what it should be. But anyways, tomorrow, March 26th, the day that I release this podcast will be the birthday of my great grandma who passed away. Uh, four years ago, I believe, which is the reason why I'm wearing a shirt as I'm recording. Have her here in spirit with me as I'm recording this live podcast, but also because I'm releasing this podcast on her birthday. So I just wanted to make sure that I did honor her and that um, the story I wanted to start this podcast off with is just, I guess, giving you guys a testament to the type of person that my great grandma was. I know a lot of people are not fortunate enough to grow up, grow up with their great grandmas. I was lucky enough to grow up with mine. Um, I was lucky. A lot of people are not lucky enough to grow up with their grandmas. So I was lucky to grow up with my grandma and her mother um, on both sides as well. Um, but anyways, the story I want to start this podcast off with um, was the year 2016. I was still living in San Diego at the time, and we had a family death, which was my great grandma's sister. And I went to her funeral. I don't remember when the funeral was, but I believe she passed uh, like a month before my great grandma. Um, so that may have been April. It was either April or late March. I can't remember exactly when the funeral was. But anyways, I went to my great aunt's funeral and this would be the last day, the last time I actually seen my great grandma, unfortunately. But um, I went to the funeral of her sister and one of my cousins, actually one of my cousins who's in the live now, she was on FaceTime with another one of my cousins because my great grandma, unfortunately, was in the hospital at the time. Um, I guess you can call her deathbed because she ended up passing away. She was so ill. Um, she never ended up leaving the hospital. Long story short, getting to the, the thick of things. I was after the repast of my great aunt, I went back to was going back to San Diego. And I can't remember whether I caught the bus or caught the train, whatever the case may be. I know I didn't have a phone. At the, I didn't have a car at the time. And so my grandma was driving me back to the bus station. So I was going back to San Diego the next day. And she was just telling me, just like, give me an update on, uh, shout out to Monique. Monique is in a lie. That's because I'm talking about. But anyways, my grandma was giving me an update on just how my great grandma was doing. And in telling me the story about that, she would tell me about how she was like, basically like trying to convince her that she was going to be well enough to come to my graduation. At the time, I was graduating from graduating from community college down in San Diego. Um, I went to, um, I don't know why I can't, what is it called? Uh, San Diego Mesa College. I got my diploma back there. But uh, anyways, I was going to San Diego Mesa College, and I was getting ready to graduate and get my uh, associate's degree. To me, getting my associate's degree wasn't that big because I felt like it was something that 
it was fairly easy to me, but also just like a stepping stone or something I wanted to do. But anyways, as my grandma's driving me to uh, the bus station, you know, we having a conversation talking about my great grandma and she's telling her about how she got to get well enough so that she can go to my graduation. And me, I'm not even worried about the graduation. For one, I didn't want to go to the graduation um, and I didn't care if anyone went or not because it was just like eventually I'm going to get my bachelor's degree. So the associate's degree is not something that I'm really worried about where people show up or not but here's my great grandma you know she's in something that essentially was her deathbed because she never she never left the hospital she she was so ill that she ended up staying there and then she ended up passing away there as well but anyways to get to the thick of things she was just like trying to convince my grandma that she would be well enough to to get out the hospital or her health would improve enough so that she would come to my my graduation and a week a week passed by, and I told you guys this story on many episodes of this podcast. My little brother ended up passing. And so now, like, at first, I really didn't want to go to graduation. And now I really was like, I don't want to go to graduation because, for one, you know, I wasn't in the right mind state. I didn't even want to take finals. Like, I had to take finals the same week that I found out my brother passed. Had to do all that. Um, had to make sure I passed finals. It was my last year in community college. So, obviously, if I didn't pass those finals, a nigga would have been there for a couple more months uh, or another semester, whatever you may have it. And so dealing with that and then dealing with the, the same day that I buried my brother was the same day that I graduated. So I really don't want to go to graduation a well, but then I always think back to the conversation that I had two weeks prior. So my grandma was telling me that, you know, her mother, my great grandma was trying to get out of the hospital just so she could come to something that I didn't think was that big to me or something that didn't mean that much to me. And so days passed by. I go to my my uh, graduation. Unfortunately, my grandma couldn't come. She wasn't she her health didn't improve enough to where she could come to the graduation. And so a couple more weeks passed by. And unfortunately, my great grandma passes away. And I always think about that. For one, the last time that I did see her was on a FaceTime. So shout out to Monique, my uh, my my cousin that's in here in the live for you audio listeners who's not listening. Um, Shout out to her because that's the last time I seen her was unfortunately it was on FaceTime, but I'm glad that I did get to see her then. But then even further than that, just to think about like that is a testament to the type of person that she was. Like if you didn't know my great grandma Ma, like she was the 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 a living meaning of the uh, the testament of putting myself before others. Like if you talk to anybody who's known her, you talk to anybody whether she related to you, even if you're not related to her, if she loved you, you were family to her, and that's basically like how she took care of everybody she took care of the whether it was a neighborhood took care of close friends whether it was a uh, whether it was her ch- at church people or just people just like all around her and that's the main reason why i just wanted to start this podcast or this episode off because the day that i'm going to release this podcast is going to be her birthday but i just and it's many other stories that's just the most recent story that i have but anyways it's like that is something that's most important to me and that's something that i'm never going to forget just her being so ill but not even thinking about the state that she was in because she was like still like putting herself before or putting others before she was putting herself. Like she was trying to get out of the hospital just so she can come to something that I wasn't even worried about. Um, furthermore, fast forward to three years later, I'm getting ready to Saint, uh, graduate from St. John's, which was last summer. And as I'm graduating, you know, a lot of people, they, especially when it's like a four year university, a lot of people, um, would you know you go all out whether it's not even if it's a university whether it's a university high school middle school whatever the case may be you know the the main thing that people want to do when you get ready to graduate is you want to put on your best suit 
you want to put on your best button up, have a tie, whatever the case may be. I knew from the jump that by the time I graduated, that wasn't me. That was not going to just put on a suit and tie. Because for one, in New York in May, it's hot. Um, and it's humid in New York and May. It's hot and humid. Um, so I was planning for that. And there's no way I was going to be in a tie and a button up in May in New York at that time. So I, for one, knew I wasn't going to wear a button up. And I was just trying to think of like what I was going to do. Because if you if you ever see me, I know I don't be out that much. But if you ever see me out... I'm the type of person, my, my regular outfit is either sweats in a white tee or jeans in a white tee. And that's just my, my basic outfit. So I was trying to think of like things I could do or whatever the case may be. And my sister graduated the week before me. So I wanted to get a shirt made for her graduation. I can wear her graduation. And that's when it dawned on me like, oh, that's what I can do for my graduation. And that's when I got the shirt made. I know a lot of you guys can't see it. But this was just me just paying respect to my great grandma Ma. Um, and also just, just showing love to her because she couldn't make it to that graduation in San Diego. So I was able to bring her across the stage in New York with me. So I felt like that was something that I was very proud of. It was something that I'm never going to forget. And also, uh, I know I don't share a lot of photos of myself on social media, but if you ever seen, I know a lot of my siblings did, um, and a lot of my mother, my grandmother and my father all came to my graduation too. So I know they shared uh, pictures on social media so if you see a picture of me on social media ever with like a shirt a blue shirt and a cap and, and a cap and gown that's more likely i mean, that's more than likely what that day was was that graduation that's why you don't see me all dressed up because i took it upon myself and i want to honor her and bring her across that stage with me in new york um it was hard for me i don't know i remember i detailed an episode uh i don't remember what episode that was while i was talking about just the whole ordeal for my graduation I think it was like 30 something. But as I said, my grab my sister graduated the day before me. So literally five of us left my sister graduation on a Friday, Friday evening. And we had to hop on a plane and make it to New York and be there by eight in the morning just so I can make it to my graduation. So it was a whole ordeal. But I had to. Um, my cousin mentioned in the live that my voice is shaking. That's because it just I just got emotional talking about that. <clears throat> Let me clear it up. Thank you. Good looking out. But anyways, my whole ordeal was even just going to that graduation. I didn't want to break this out. I didn't even because my grandma was at the graduation with her daughter. I didn't want to break this out in front of her. I wanted her. I didn't want her to see it until I got on the stage. And so obviously, you know, going from L.A. to New York. Within a couple of hours and then having to watch uh, happen to graduate, I had to shower before I left, but then I had to change while I was there. And so we was in the airport. I'm like, damn, I had to go. I had to go to St. John's. How am I going to change while her seeing his shirt? Luckily, I had a jacket or whatever, but I didn't want to take that jacket with me because I wasn't going to carry that jacket with me across the stage. So I went to the bathroom and I was like, <laughs> I got to think of a, uh, I got to think of a certain way to to try to. Uh, not show her this until I until I walk across that stage because my grandma she's a very emotional woman and just as not I don't mean emotional in a bad way I mean like she's she shows love and she she I wouldn't say wear a heart on her sleeve but if she loves you if she feels a certain way about you she will not hide those emotions so I knew that the moment that I showed her I was wearing that she was going to break down so I was like I had to try my best to try to hide this for her and I don't exactly remember how I did that. But um, I remember going to the bathroom to change before I left the airport and I had a jacket on and I was like, all right, I got to do something with the jacket because I'm not going to take it with me. Um, 
So I got to let it go. So I had to take off the jacket right before I called my Uber to go to St. John's. And uh, I took off my jacket. And as I was getting ready to leave, she saw what was on my shirt. And as soon as she saw what was on my shirt, I saw her face like, oh, man, I got to get out of here because this is not about to be good. So that is just my whole story. I just wanted to, to shed light on you guys in this episode. I wanted to to share a personal story from me also just give light to someone who was so full of love someone who was very selfless and someone who was the backbone of my family um so before we do jump into everything i do want to wish a very happy birthday tomorrow we love you we miss you um we'll never forget you and thank you for everything have a moment of silence before we do get into the rest of this episode All right, enough of the emotional stuff. I know you guys heard my, my voice trickling on, on the live and my voice trickling on the microphone. Get into the thick of things, the stuff that's going on around the world. Obviously, the most prominent thing has been this, this COVID-19 that's going around. Obviously, the, uh, the uh, coronavirus that's affecting, at this point, everybody. What I didn't want to do in this podcast was like, Focus on that because I spoke about it briefly in the last podcast, and that's going to be like that's that's the new normal. As people keep saying in the media, that's our new normal. And I don't want every episode from the time that this thing has been declared like a, a pandemic to the time that this thing has trickled down to be the focus. But it's kind of hard not to talk about it because it's affecting everything um, going forward. But we are going to speak about it. I do want to open it up to my listeners that's tuned in to the Instagram live. I do want you guys to know that I did want part of this episode to be a uh, a Q and A, just because of I've been I'm 53 episodes in now, and I haven't had that uh, option to do that, and so I wanted to open the floor to you guys. Have any questions for me? Whatever the questions may be, um, I wanted to. If I'm being so personal and being, you know, so transparent in this episode, I also want to, you know, keep that theme going. So if you guys have questions for me, I am open to uh, answering that. So answer, ask me whatever you want to be, want to ask me. And I will try to answer that through this episode. Um, again, I don't want this episode to be solely focused on the coronavirus, but it's so prominent and it's so prevalent in our day that we have to talk about it. Um, the first thing that I did want to mention was obviously we heard about the stimulus package that's possibly getting passed. Um, welcome to my grandma. My grandma just joined the live. Hey, uh, you missed a good 12 minutes, but I am going to save this on my profile so you can go back and watch it after this is over. Um, but back to what I was talking about, getting to the stimulus package, uh, Congress passed and I didn't read too much into it. But Congress basically passed a two trillion dollar stimulus package um, recently, and I know a lot of you have heard about it because the the main thing that for us normal people, um, for the the, the blue collar workers and everything like that, the 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 most promising thing about the stimulus package is they're offering, um, I believe, twelve hundred dollars to tax. I don't know if it's every adult or every taxpayer. Um, 
I have to look into it. I know it was proposed last night. A lot of people think it's passed, but it's not passed yet. But um, I think it's like one little hiccup before it's being passed. But basically, this is coming in the near future, obviously, because of things we talked about in the last episode about people being laid off and not being able to make ends meet because your job is deemed non-essential. And so now you're just sitting at home to where some people, you know, sitting at home for them is, is working from home and they're fortunate enough to still be getting paid like that. Everybody don't have that opportunity. A lot of people have been financially affected by it. I know um, being on the outside looking in, you no know, people may say, oh, well, those people have, should have saved up for it. You can't, no matter what, you cannot plan for something like this. Like, no one plans to get laid off, no matter whether you like your job or not. You don't. You never plan on being laid off. You never plan on, especially not abruptly. Maybe if it's like something that's being built up to where like you get a lot of paperwork or you get a lot of bad feedback, then you may have some foresight like, oh, you know, this may be coming sometime in the future. But for it to happen so abruptly to where it was like at one point people were like, oh, you know, the, the, the word that was coming down from Congress was that, you know, people may work home and people may not work home. And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, now everybody had to work home. If you don't have a central job, now you have to work home. I mean, work home. Why am I saying work home? Now you have to work from home. And then it went from that, from people now work from home. So now we have to lay people off because we don't have, we can't be paying people when they're not doing anything. A lot of jobs are not work from home capable. And so when you have something like that, you have to release workers because now a lot of these businesses essentially are losing money. <laughs> it's losing money and so when stuff like that happened you know it affects people's bottom dollar and so the stimulus package is great i'm glad that it's been introduced i'm glad that it's getting passed the one and as i said i had to read more into it and so i would i would delve deeper into it next episode my um well from what i read from it not only is it helping you know the everyday worker or everyday person it's also bailing out a lot of big companies and i don't like that but I, before I do speak on that, I want to be well informed on it. But what I mean by bailing out big companies, like a lot of these companies had, you know, sold stock um, prior to like, not even prior, maybe like as of last week, or whatever, because they didn't want to be, they didn't want them by the dollar affected by this virus. Because obviously a lot of stuff, if you pay attention to the Dow Jones and everything that's going on in the stock market as of late, a lot of things have been depleted. So to save their asses, a lot of big business and have gone on to basically like do what they can to save as much money as they can, not really caring about the people they that work for them, not really caring about anything. And so I think part of the stimulus package is also helping them. So like basically they were able to get bailed out because of this. And I don't think that's fair, but again, I'm not well informed in it. Um, I had a question from someone asked me, what was the toughest thing about being in the air force? Um, I think, I don't think any part of me being, I don't think any of my, my years in the Air Force was hard. I think the toughest thing is probably boot camp. Um, boot camp is not hard now, but that was my first job, me being in the Air Force, and I spoke about it in this podcast early, in the early episodes as well. Um, I went to the Air Force straight out of high school. Um, I tried to get a job. It was like a couple months in between me graduating high school and me uh, going to boot camp. And so I went a couple of months while I was just trying to get a job just to pass time. And I couldn't get a job. And so the Air Force was literally my first job. So I didn't have no expectations. I didn't have, um, I went in with a clear mindset because I didn't know what to expect. But boot camp was, was, I wouldn't say it was hard, but it was difficult. Um, just imagine being, I guess it's kind of in the state we're in now. Imagine being locked somewhere and being controlled. 
Um, at least now, you know, they're telling us to stay at home or work from home. At least we have the the freedom to to roam our cities or go outside and get food or get groceries, whatever the case may be. You don't have that in the Air Force. You have somebody telling you to wake up. You have somebody telling you when to go to sleep. You have somebody telling you what to clean. You have somebody telling you what to do all day long. Literally, your whole day is dictated by someone else. Um, and I wouldn't say that was hard in a sense. Damn, my light just went off and I forgot they were automated. I wouldn't say that's hard in a sense, but I do believe that uh, for me, it was just something that I never experienced before. And I think for a lot of people, it's a lot of it's something that people never experienced before. I had people that were in my boot camp flight that cried and stuff like that. And I don't want to make fun of them because people are emotional. You know, a lot of people. They wear their hearts on the sleeves. I'm not emotionally connected like that to be crying off of stuff like that. So I didn't cry and I wasn't really affected by that. I just thought the shit sucked and I ain't never been through nothing like this. But two and a half months gonna fly by and we're going to get out of this. Um, one strange but not something that's out of character thing that I've seen this past week was the NCAA bottom dollar bin. I don't even know if the NCAA bottom doctor bottom dollar has been affected because it was already affected once it decided to shut down the uh, the the basketball tournament. But anyways, a quarterback for Clemson University, Trevor Lawrence, him and his girlfriend started a GoFundMe page, and I believe the GoFundMe page was started as a result of them trying to get together or gather, you know. Basically, like the basic needs of these nurses that that's going to work every day, because you know, in the news they've been covering that a lot of these nurses are using the the mask. I forget what the masks are called. I think it's like N95 or something like that. A lot of nurses are having to reuse masks and stuff like that just because there's a shortage in the supply of these masks that's helping them stay, you know, protected in the case of they're dealing with patients that's coming in that's being affected with the. Uh, not affected, but have the uh, coronavirus. And so somewhere in where they're from, I believe he's from California. I don't know if it was, if it was in California or Southern Car- uh, Carolina where he goes to school. But basically him and his girlfriend started to go fund me to raise funds to to get the supplies to be able to deliver to the local uh, nurses and stuff within the area. And immediately after the GoFundMe page went up, the NCAA shut that down. And I've spoken about this topic many a times in different episodes as well about how the NCAA is how greedy they are and how they and how they deal with the students. And what I mean by that is by obviously the the NCAA is a is a billion dollar annually. The NCAA is a billion dollar company. They 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 drive in billions of dollars. And this is just like I'm not even speaking about from March Madness. What my billion dollar is coming from is from basketball. I mean, not March Madness. It's not even talking about football because they bring a lot of money for football as well. But I'm talking about basketball alone from the March from March Madness and the Final Four annually. The NCAA rake in a billion dollars at the least, and they have all these athletes. You know, each college the Basically, the basketball tournament is a is a seed of I could be wrong. I believe it's thirty two or sixty four. Um, somebody fact check me if I'm wrong. Um, but basically, you think about that. It's it's a it's a field of either thirty two or sixty four teams, and each team has at least fifteen players on a team. 
And these players aren't being paid anything. A lot of these colleges, they make millions of dollars each year because they bring it in the, the highest athletes. And these athletes are highest rated athletes, I should say. And these athletes are, are filling these stadiums. These athletes are, are selling jerseys. These athletes are, you know, when they have national televised games, they're driving their audience. And then these athletes are not being paid or compensated for any of that. And they, and athletes, college athletes, they do get paid. It's like a very small amount, um, I believe. Um, but what I'm saying to get into that is that they make a billion dollars annually just off of one sport. And it's a couple of billion dollars when you, when you bring in the soccer's and you bring in the footballs and bring in the baseballs. And the reason why they have been so successful, been so successful and been able to, Attribute so many dollars, and you see coaches like Nick Saban, you see coaches like uh, Dabo Sweeney, or you see coaches like Coach K, where they're able to stay in the college ranks for so long because that pay is so well. They know that they can go to the higher level and get a certain amount of. Uh... Yep. Okay. So yeah, it's 68, 68 teams is in the NCAA tournament. So that's even a bigger field. So you multiply sixty eight teams times at least fifteen kids on each roster. That's not even counting. The three guys that's red shirt on his roster. And, but anyways, when you factor in these coaches are making a lot of money and they're so they're making so much money that they don't even want to gamble with going to the professional ranks because they go to professional ranks and they get a big contract. They can get fired after one year or they can get fired after two years if it doesn't go well. But if you go to college and you're able to continue dragging these recruits and you continue to uh, be successful, your paycheck is going to keep going up because the NCAA can afford to pay you without having to pay the athletes that you're bringing in, which is helping you become or continue success. And so I know it's a lot that I'm explaining, but I had to just give you guys a backstory on that so you can get the bigger picture of why I'm explaining why the NCAA is greedy and why I've always said the NCAA is greedy. So Trevor Lawrence did this and they shut it down. And the reason why they shut it down is because athletes, they can't do fundraising. They can't do anything if you're an NCAA athlete, you can't do anything that I guess is promoting your or using your likeness. And what I mean by likeness is, let's say I'm playing for usually I'm I'm a UCLA basketball player, and I'm hosting this podcast. If Spotify wants to pay me, and Spotify just thinks that I'm I'm a good podcast host, and they decide that you know they're I'm worth investing in, the NCAA can't determine whether or not I'm actually a good podcast host or I'm being paid because. For one, I'm hosting a podcast, and they believe that the majority of the the audience that's coming in from this podcast are whether they can determine whether that audience is from me actually being a good podcast host, or they can't determine whether it's become coming in because these audiences are um, UCLA Bruin fans or just basketball fans, and period. And so, because they can't determine that, what they're continuing to do is basically slave work in the sense of the meaning that they continue to keep these athletes as amateur status. And what I mean by amateur status is you can't do anything that, that promotes your likeness. You can't do anything that, that you have any financial gain from your likeness. You can't do anything that is marketing you, even though these teams sell jerseys with your number on the back, you know, they may not include your name, but because you're a current athlete, everybody know that it's your Jersey because you know, you're the hottest athlete on campus and that's the hottest Jersey in the store. So it don't take a, a genius or a rocket scientist to put two and two together and determine that you're the reason why that that Jersey is selling. So because the NCAA is so greedy and they want to continue to profit off of these athletes, 
they had to continue to keep them at amateur status. These athletes can't make any money. And granted, that's changing in a year or two when all these bills and these uh, laws get passed, when these athletes are going to be able to promote their likeness and, and have uh, make money off their likeness. Um, a lot of that is going to shake it up. But that's the main reason why people were pushing back, uh, specifically the president of the NCAA sports. The reason why he's pushing back is because they're losing out of money. And... I was just so surprised by this happening with Trevor Lawrence because football, for one, is not a season. The football season ended in January. Um, for two, it's not like he's doing anything to where he's promoting his likeness. He's just trying to gain enough funds to be able to provide for the people that need it. As I said, there's a shortage in the supplies that the nurses need that work in these hospitals that are caring for these patients that are coming in with this virus. However, because the NCAA are so concerned about athletes being amateurs and not being uh not just being college athletes or uh, collegiate athletes, I should say, they shut that down. And but I just read something before I read before I hopped on this podcast that they eventually that they just passed it or allowed him to move forward with the fundraiser a couple hours ago. But just the quickness and the swiftness that they swooped in to shut that down just goes to show what I continue to speak about just how greedy that system is and how horrible that system is. I said I said it months ago about how. If the NCAA continue with what they're doing now, they're going to lose out on a lot of athletes because a lot of these athletes, we've we seen in basketball this, this recent year, LaMelo Ball, I would say that the most talked about in his age class, um, it's probably the most talked about athlete within the past two or three years. I would say maybe since his brother, um, Zion was a big deal last year and the year before that. Zion's been, been a big deal for the past three years, but I'm not sure that Zion is attracting the same audience that LaMelo Ball is just because of how long LaMelo's been in the spotlight. I believe they, his family's been in the spotlight since he was 13 because Lonzo signed with UCLA when he was 13 and UCLA offered LaMelo and LiAngelo a scholarship when LaMelo was 13. So he's been in the national spotlight since he was 13 and then you factor in the fact that he's on a reality show on Facebook Live. He has his own shoe or he had his own shoe um, at one point. His family has their own company. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, attention being drawn to one person, and he decided because he wanted he wanted to go to college. He initially uh, signed a letter of intent with UCLA, but because he went to play overseas for, um, he went to go play overseas for uh, a year, and he tried to come back. He came back and played his senior year and decided to go. Uh, he wanted to go to college after that, but the NCAA shut that down. Said that. He's no longer an amateur. He's a pro at the point because he played overseas for one year because he's being paid for his likeness. And so he decided to go overseas again. And that's why he ended up in the NBL, uh, the Australian Basketball League. And so they shut that down. But I wouldn't be surprised if more athletes are starting to do that instead of going to college because the one that done was stupid. Um, you don't need to go to college to play. For football, I understand. But for uh, basketball... You don't need to go to college to play basketball. A lot of these athletes, I'm, I'm watching the high school game right now. Um, one of my favorite high schoolers right now, Jalen Green, he plays for Prolific Prep. He's about 6'5", but his body, his body, he's not like a, a scrawny 6'5". Like he's a, he's a pretty well-built kid for a 17-year-old. But if he was to go to college right now as a senior, I think he would fail well against competition, which goes to show that if he was to go to straight to the NBA – he would do well. And so not to get off topic or anything like that, but that's just, I had to shine a spotlight on 
something that NCAA did, which is not out of character for them, but they're also just just a horrible company. And I would not have been surprised if that was shut down eventually. What I mean by shut down is that athletes stopped vying to go to college. You know, some athletes need to go to college. Some athletes, like John Morant, was a big sensation last year. Uh, people didn't know about him until his uh, second year of college. And then, you know, he ended up being the second pick in the NBA draft. Um, obviously, college worked out well for him. But there's a lot of kids like Zion. He didn't need to go to college last year. We know how Zion is built. That kid... Even if the NFL, I think Zion could have went to the NFL straight out of high school if he wants to just because of the the way that he built. But um, see, I have a question here. Did the Olympics stop using college players and now he uses pros players? Um, I don't know exactly the – I know for sure that the Olympics still uses college players, but I'm not sure how it was used as far as like how it was in the past because I know um, when Anthony Davis first came out of – High school, or he was going to college. Um, the Olympics was that year, his his freshman year at uh, Kentucky, and he was on a bench. I don't I don't think he played, but he was on a bench. The 2012 Olympics. I don't think he played that year, but I remember him being on the bench, and I couldn't remember why he was on the bench. But they pulled him up from the team, and I know there's still a national team that plays year round for the uh, National Olympic Committee. They have like the under. 18, under 19, under 17, wherever the case may be, teams that compete year-round, which is not the Olympics, but they do go play for other countries, and it's the same thing as basically like the Olympics was. It's not on the same stage as the Olympics, where every four years, this one is year-round. Um, but yeah, that's all I really had to say about the uh, NCAA. Getting back to this coronavirus and how it's affecting other people, I seen something on the news this morning where the mayor of Los Angeles is uh, Mayor Garcetti is threatening to go around and shut off power and water for non-essential businesses. Now this comes as a result of people staying in business. Are people so the whole basically the whole reasoning behind the stay at home was to keep people from affecting other people are being affected by other people and also spreading the virus. And so there's been a, a global mandate to where people were issued to stay at home, not required to stay at home, but recommended that you stay at home to, to slow down the spread of the virus. Cause the virus has spread fast ever since it came to the United States. And so as a reason to basically try to slow down the spread of this, they issue people to to stay at home as much as they can, and they also issue companies to shut down if the business was not essential. Um, I don't know exactly what essential is because there's a lot of companies that are still working that I don't know what's essential. But do we consider fast food restaurants essential? I guess in 2020, it kind of is because so many people eat out. But I don't deem fast food places to be essential because of the sake of the fact that we still have grocery stores. But a lot of people don't know how to cook, so I guess that's how that would affect them. Um, also, delivery people. I don't think that deliveries are essential in this time to where people are affected by viruses. Now, I'm not going to complain because I'm buying shoes tomorrow and I'm going to be grateful when those shoes come in next week. Also, just this past week, some my girlfriend bought shoes for me that came in on um on Monday and or yesterday and you know I'm grateful for that that those shoes came in but I don't know that you know packing and, and shipping stuff is essential if it's not medical related um I know there's been a lot of stuff in the news about Amazon hiring a lot of more a lot of workers just so they can 
because it's been obviously it's a it's a huge demand for things on Amazon right now in, in a in a wake of this crisis. It's not even a crisis, but people are deeming it a crisis because of how people are reacting to it. But as a result of the wake of the crisis, a lot of people are obviously going out of stores and buying everything as if it's the end of the world when it's not really the end of the world. But as a result, a lot of things are flying off the shelves and you literally can't go to the store and find what you need. So in 2020, what do you do as a result? You go to uh e-commerce which is amazon you buy from target online you buy from walmart online whatever the case may be um so i'm not sure as whether or not packaging and shipping whether it's fedex ups ups mail maybe that is essential because people are waiting on checks and stuff like that but and if this is such a huge deal i'm not sure that we need people walking around just so I can get. I don't. I don't know that we need people going to work just so I can get my shoes next week. <laughs> I don't know that we need people uh, walking around with packages just so you can get that shirt that you wanted. Like I don't know how essential that is, but I mean that's what's going on. Back to what I was saying though. Back to the the essential and non-essential thing. The the mayor of L.A. has decided that, and I don't know how this is going to work. I know a lot of people are going to uh, be pissed off. But if he is shutting down, shutting off water and power and people are like still trying to work, there's going to be a lot of people pissed off. And in L.A., just like New York, is one of the cities where you can't you can't piss off the wrong people because it, those cities are too populated to where you will cause an uproar. If, if enough people agree, enough people are affected in a certain way, you'll cause an uproar. And I'm not even referring to like riots and stuff like that. But if you're issuing a stay at home, it's nothing for people to go outside. I mean, obviously it's going to get more dire needs if people start, you know, disrespecting or not, you know, coinciding with the rules and the regulations of, you know, staying inside so they can slow down the spread of the virus. But I think that these cities are too huge to control. And I know, and I'm going to touch on the topic, a lot of people think that the government has issued National Guard into cities so that they can control people to stay at home. That's not the case. I'm not sure why people believe that, but this is 2020 to where we're in a day and age where people believe whatever they see on Instagram or see on Facebook. It's weird, but that is the day and age we live in. If if you say something on social media and enough people agree with it, or enough people like it, or enough people share it, that then becomes the law. And I don't understand it. I've never operated like that. I've always, my entire life, operated under the stand, believe none of what you hear, only half of what you see. Obviously, everybody else operates on a different medium than I do. As again, I don't understand it. But don't believe everything you see on, uh, don't believe everything you see on social media because just because somebody says something, you should fact check it. You know, there was a whole presidential campaign four years ago that was based off lies and based off of mili- manipulation. And y'all got this idiot in office and we're going to get into that later on. But y'all got this idiot in office just based off of off of things that was being spewed into the world and and allowing people to go in and interfere with uh government elections interfere with national elections interfere with uh social media accounts and spew certain type of information that affected that presidential candidacy you can believe what you want you can believe what you don't want to believe but that is a fact that has been proven and more stuff has come has come out in the in the following years but we have to we have to i thought that we moved past conspiracy theories but obviously we're still acting 
in that same sense. And it's just ridiculous. Like, I can't have conversations with people without having to tell them, like, that's not true. Like, I had a friend that lives outside of California who brought this up last week and was like, I heard that y'all on lockdown. I told them, me being a resident in California, like, no, we're not on lockdown. But the the governor has required or um, has recommended that we stay home. And he was like, but I heard from a certain, I heard from someone, I forgot where they told me I heard from. He was like, but I heard from blah, 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 that you guys are on lockdown as National Guard. I'm like, I'm telling you we're not on lockdown. I'm, I'm living in California right now. You're hearing from somebody else. And like, they tried to like dispute whether or not this was facts. Mind you, like 30 minutes before I had the conversation, I had just come from outside from like running or something like that. So I don't know, but that's that's the day and age we live in to where people are driven by conspiracy theories and they're driven by if someone with enough likes or someone with enough uh, attention share a certain information, then that's law. Um, I have a question. Is seniors going to get the stimulus package also? I'm not sure, but I believe I, I wouldn't see why they would leave seniors outside of those who are eligible for the for the stimulus package, like no matter whether or not you're receiving uh, benefits already or not, just because of the case that, you know, everyone is affected by it. And I'm not even sure how the government is affected by this as well. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people who work from the government has to work from home or got laid off where the government does not hesitate to lay people off. Um, so I guess we'll see how that goes, too. But. The stimulus package hasn't been approved. I know there was like been a lot of news uh, since last night that it got approved. From what I read, the last thing I read is that there was one more hiccup and they're trying to get that passed before they go on. Because I know the initial stimulus package that was offered was that people that everyone was going to get a thousand dollar check. That was the first thing. And then Democrats shut that down. And then they offered a a new um, stimulus package. And this one was everybody gets a twelve hundred dollar a twelve hundred thousand twelve hundred thousand twelve hundred dollar check and i think that once everything is finalized and we have more details but i'm definitely going to read more up on it um another question is is trump using his platform to keep voters inside and not be able to back a democrat president with funding agency to guarantee his presidency i think trump's presidency is as good as sealed and I hate to say this, and this and this is coming from somebody who didn't vote. I know a lot of people feel a certain way about people who don't vote. I explained the reason why I didn't vote in early episodes. If you want to listen to that, I can definitely uh, give it to you guys. Um, because I don't remember off the top of my head. But I think Trump's presidency is good as still because the, the two candidates he's going against right now is either Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders. And I don't think any of them have enough willpower to beat this man my reason for being is that joe Biden was a people's choice for six years before obama term his second term ended everybody was like we need joe biden it was it was either joe biden or it was uh michelle obama that was the the two main people that everyone was aligned with and so michelle obama said i'm for sure not running because she's seen what presidency did to her husband in terms of stressing him out we all have seen the picture of what barack obama looked like before he went into office and what he looked like by the time his term his second term ended um but to get back on track because we couldn't get michelle obama joe biden was the next person up he was a he was the people's choice like his his presidency him being the democratic representative was as good as sealed and then the 
DNC started and he started getting grilled by Kamala. I'm surprised for one. I'm surprised that Joe Biden made it this far. I should say that. But in the beginning, it started like it looked like it was quiet for for Joe Biden, someone who was for sure the the person who's going to represent us. In the beginning, it was very like looking like it wasn't going to turn out the way we wanted it to be. And in, in, in the end, he's one of the last two surviving. But I think because he was so scathed in the beginning that I don't think that if you can't fare well against someone like Kamala Harris in the beginning in, in debates, I don't see you faring well against number 45. And I don't think of number 45 as someone's intelligent or someone who um, have uh, enough information to be someone in the debate because I think the guy is an idiot. I've stated it enough on this podcast for you guys to understand. Um, I don't even say his name. I call him number 45 because that's what I think of him. That's how low I think of him. But I do think that he still has a power in this country to win a second term. The reason being is that we see things like the stimulus package. A lot of these businesses are are getting um, are getting bailouts. And this is one aside from the, this country being filled with a bunch of racists who align with his ideas and uh, the stuff that he's sharing on his platform. This country is also back in, in the, the most power in this country are the one percent. And those one percenters align with him because he gives them tax breaks and he do stuff like this and providing bailouts. So I do believe that he uh, I do think that his his presidency in the second term is as good as still. I hope to God that I'm wrong, but because of who he catered to. And I think that he's handling this this whole virus thing, this whole outbreak. I think he's handling it like an idiot. But I still believe that this country is aligned with him just because if he has those people in power with enough money to back him um, and also back his campaign. And also, I wouldn't like we know that the, the reason why the Russians interfered with the past presidential campaign was because of him. It was in his favor. So I don't see why that wouldn't be an issue going forward. Like you, you did it before. Unfortunately, you got caught. And it's not really unfortunate because it landed you in, in a presidential office. So it's, it's fortunate. It's unfortunate that we found out about it. But nothing really happened. Like his presidential uh, run wasn't scathed because it still landed him in office. So I think that with him being here for four years, even with him being uh, impeached, I think that he was able to to gain more attraction from those wealthy people. And then we have a crisis like this where he's bailing those people out. You know, it's pissing a lot of people off, but it's making a lot of people happy. And those people are going to be people that back him when it's time to um, vote. Trump says the economy should be backed by Easter. Do you think that that will happen? I don't think that the economy should be back by Easter. I think, as I said, this guy is it. Damn, I just said his name too. Damn, why you say his name? Now I had to read it back and I didn't catch that. Uh, the question was, number 45 says the economy should be back by Easter and do I think that that will happen? He's been in news and this is a true testament to why this guy is an idiot. He's been in news conferences with public health officials who have said that this thing, the way this, this stay at home, safe at home, I mean, the way this is going, we will probably be this way for at least a month on average maybe a month and a half because they see it from anywhere from a month to two months from the way that this has gone and the way china has treated like china is like finally getting back to normal in april it's it, it's about to be april 
And this virus has been in China. It's called COVID-19. So it's been in China since last year. I believe it, it's been affecting China since the fall of last year. So if you go from the fall until April, that's just about more than six months. So I think that we're advanced enough. Are we seeing enough to how they handle it to where we will be able to uh, change how we respond to it? But I don't believe that it's going to be uh change. I don't think that the, the economy is going to be the same by Easter just because we have this idiot telling us this on national news, but then we have public health officials coming behind him said, don't believe that we've been saying for so long that this is going to last for at least a month um, or two months. And so I don't know why someone who shot this down for so long, all of a sudden knows whether or not that this is going to change within by Easter, but it's also just, his bottom dollar been affected when we think about the campaign that he's getting ready to run he's pleased a lot of people and he's trying to continue to please a lot of people and so he uh <laughs> and so he uh he's uh trying to continue to do that so that's the reason why he wants the economy back by easter but uh i don't think that's going to happen um another question is the hood going to feel worse of this because of lack of self-sustainability and could be running out of funds of food I think the people that's the least affected is going to be the hood. Just because the hood is um, most populated by minorities. I think when I talk about minorities, obviously black people, uh, Hispanics, and uh, Latinx. I think those are the most resilient people in the country just because of their, you can go back through their bloodlines and go back five, six, seven generations Um and those people, they work with nothing. They, they make the best out of nothing. Those people are, are so resilient with turning. You, you, you give me an inch and I'm going to do what the best I can out this inch. I don't make this inch a foot. I know that's not a saying. I just made that up. But that's just my mindset of what I think about people in the hood. Like we think about the majority of the people that are affected by this and they're like complaining about having cabin fever and 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 going out and, and, and scavenging these grocery stores. The reason why they're doing that is because they don't know any better. Now when you think about people who cohabitate in these communities to where they don't have much, they know what to do with nothing. And so when you put those people <laughs> when you put those people in a situation to where everybody else is panicking, they're like, I've I've been preparing for this my whole life because this is this is my reality. I know like a, a lot of officials in the in the news are saying this is our new normal and this is what we have to deal with. Other people are saying like, you know, this is this is my whole life. Like I have to work with nothing and I know how to make the best out of everything. Um so that's what I think. I think the less people, the people that are going to be least affected by this are going to be people, people in those low income areas. Now, granted, I know a lot of people in those areas are the people that are like uh, dependent on funds from the government. And so in that sense, I think they will be affected because I don't we don't know exactly like whether or not that is going to affect them. In that sense, I think they're so. But I think they are going to be all right, because I, at this point, the majority of those people who live in those areas, they've probably been through worse like this. Is the least thing they expected. Um, I work in a hospital and the doctors are saying the virus will hit its peak within two weeks. That's also that's another reason why I forgot to uh, mention that. That's a good uh, call out. I've also read that as well from hearing everything on uh, <laughs> everybody. 
I'm laughing because everybody's in the live telling me I look like Anthony Davis, and I ain't never heard this a day in my life, and now I can't even record because people are telling me I look like Anthony Davis. I don't know where this is coming from, um, but I wish you guys would stop. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's another reason why I didn't believe this idiot when he went on the news saying that this will the economy be back to itself within Easter. Like Easter is is within what three weeks, I believe. And so if health officials are saying that this virus is going to hit a peak within two weeks, how the hell is the economy going to be back to normal within three weeks? So you tell me it's going to hit its peak and then just have a drastic fall off within a week. This is why we got <laughs> this is why we got to do our best to like fact check, not even fact check everything because I don't believe anything this man says, but um, he's he. Like, he says what he want. Like, whenever I see him on TV, I don't pay attention. Like, you know, you see the stuff on social media, you find out about what he said. I've never watched a, a conference of his until now just because I work from home. So, like, the majority of the time I'm, I'm watching TV and I watch a lot of sports shows and I watch a lot of news. And so, if I'm watching the news, majority of the time I'm watching my morning news, they have a, a breaking news and it's this idiot that's holding a conference. And so, I'm forced to sit there. Not forced to sit there and listen, but I'm kind of intrigued to hear what he got to say, but more so to hear what these health officials got to say and so i never took heed to anything he said because he's always been an idiot and so i kind of like listen to what he said and take it in one ear out the other uh we got a sports related uh question not related to anthony davis uh tom brady in tampa and dak being greedy i don't watch football so i don't have too much information as a because my whole Fandom of the Cowboys stopped when I stopped watching football, and so literally my last season as a Cowboy fan was was Dak Prescott's best season so far. And what I mean by best season, that's the last season I watched him play. And a lot of people, a lot of his uh, people who said that that still say that Dak is not that good of a quarterback. They say the reason why. No, the Cowboys had that good of a season is because, for one, the offensive line, which is not true because the Dallas Cowboys offensive line has been injured for like the past three or four years. The offensive line was not that good as it has been in past years. I think in past years, I would definitely agree that the offensive line has been one of the best. Um, I don't know that it's the best recent, and I don't know that it's been the best in the past three years. But anyways, the last season that I've watched Dak play was his best year. I don't know if it's statistical, but from just from what I hear, people and their critiques about Dak Prescott, he hasn't had a better year than his rookie season. And so when I seen what was offered to him and I seen that he turned that down, I thought the nigga was crazy because from me just watching, I just play fantasy football. So literally my only information about football comes from watching stats or playing against somebody and see how somebody is doing against me. Dak Prescott does not play consistent enough. For him to be asking what he's asking for. And obviously he's not going to get it. At least not this year. Because they don't have the money to give it to him. Um, Tom Brady to Tampa. I'm very surprised by. But I know that when his fantasy draft come by. Mike Evans is probably going to be my number one pick. Um, I don't know what Tom Brady is going to do. Tom Brady was kind of like. I, I've had Tom Brady on. I play in two fantasy leagues. And I had Tom Brady on my team. Two, at least one of those teams. And then last year. The last two years. And this last year, I had him because third round came around and nobody picked him up. And I was surprised that nobody picked him up. And I had him just as a backup quarterback because I had uh, Russell Wilson and I had somebody else who was a bonus machine. And so 
I had him just to have him as a backup quarterback, and he didn't do too well. And so I was just like, okay, maybe he's finally hitting that cliff. He he had a, a decent season, but I don't think that he had a, that great of a season compared to what he did at age 40. 41 and, and 40, I think it was a complete fall off. But uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen out of that. But I'm definitely drafting Mike Evans um, as my first-round pick. Uh Somebody mentioned that there's people walking around with a virus and don't know because of lack of a test. I also agree with that. I also <laughs> and I know a lot of you guys listening to that are like, what? Um, a lot of people are walking around with it and don't know it. I believe that I may have it. And the only reason why I believe this is because I was just on a six-day cruise three months ago. And the severity of just how crazy it is is that I went on a cruise to a spot to where I was luckily I was able to to go to each port that we docked in. But literally the day after we got to um, one of our ports in Mexico, another cruise ship tried to dock there and Mexico did not allow them to get there because in we didn't I didn't have any uh, I didn't have any uh, Internet access to know what was going on in the world as far as news wise, because obviously I was on a cruise ship and I was in the middle of the ocean and I don't buy the Internet packages to to um, be having my phone out the whole time on a cruise. But I learned that the day after we cruise in a certain spot in Mexico, another cruise ship tried to uh, dock there and they prohibited them from landing there and then by the time that i came back home you know a lot of these news started coming out that you know a lot of cruise ships have we find out that people on these cruise ships had the coronavirus and you know a lot of these cruise ships were forbidden to dock even back in america um just because of you know america didn't want to bring you gotta think about it, it's a vessel of two thousand to four thousand people and one company has one ship that lands in San Francisco and they get off and it's a bunch of people that has a coronavirus. That same company has another ship that docks in Oakland and they don't have a dock in Oakland on the day that they're supposed to dock because they uh they were scared that they were going to be bringing a coronavirus. And so that ship had to stay at sea for like I think an extra two days just because they were trying to figure out how to deal with the people who may have it and they finally let them dock. I'm going all over the place but this is how I'm getting to it that the reason why I believe I may have it. I, the only reason why I don't know that I don't have it is because I haven't been tested. I don't have any symptoms. Um, I still wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning every morning to go run. And so, obviously, I don't have no shortness of breath. Um, I don't get sick often, so I don't have a compromised immune system. But that just goes to show also the severity of just the, the supplies and the, the, the severity of what's needed in this country. Like a lot of people are focused on the money, how business is affected, but they're not worried about the, the people who are on the front lines dealing with the people that's, that's contracting this virus, but also the people who's walking around not doing it. Um, we had just got issued work from home last Sunday, the Friday before they was telling us that we had to stagger the days. And I don't know what was the point in telling us that. And I'm probably not even supposed to be telling you guys, but Oh, well, um, but they was trying to tell us to stagger the days we come in, I guess, just to like stop the spread or prohibit the potential spread of a coronavirus and anybody in the office will have it. And this was Friday. They were telling us to stagger the days we come in. So what I mean by stagger is if I went in on Monday, 
then go on on Wednesday, then go on on Friday. If I go on on Tuesday, then go on Thursday, and then come back next Tuesday or come back on Monday or whatever the case may be. And this is Friday night, and I didn't understand it and why the hell they told us to do that. And then Sunday night came around, and this was not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Um, and then Sunday night came around, and people were getting back, getting ready to go back to work. Me personally, I was getting ready to call in sick because I had just came back from a cruise a week before. So I was like, if y'all niggas are gonna make me work, I'm just gonna lie and say that. I have symptoms and I may have coronavirus. Obviously, this is not something to be playing around with. This is not a joke. It's something that's very serious. But I just didn't understand the 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 sense in telling people to stagger the, the day they come in. Like, if I was decide to go in on Wednesday and somebody else decided to go on Wednesday and they had a coronavirus, I'm going to catch it because I may come in contact with that person. And so Sunday night comes around and then they send out another memo tell us, you know, basically doubling back. But erasing what they told us on Friday and say, you know, know what? Everybody work from home. So I truly do believe that more people in this country do have it, but we just don't have the um, we don't have the the resources to test everyone. That's why we see things like in the NBA, Rudy Gobert. Um, I talk about this in the last episode. Him playing around and saying that the 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 the, the, the coronavirus is not that serious and so he's touching the microphones of every reporter in sight and then we find out two days later a damn NBA game is getting canceled because he was out sick and nobody knew why he was out sick and then he finally got tested and they found out he had the coronavirus and then one and then it's an outbreak and his teammate had the coronavirus and then four players from another team that he has so that's just like the severity but obviously these people are millionaires and they are billionaires who own the team so they have the resources to test people the everyday working person don't have the resources, even if you do have health care, you don't have the resources to just walk in the office because a lot of I mean, walk in a doctor's office because a lot of doctors are saying that unless you have symptoms, don't come in. Because for one, we have to prioritize the people who are literally have compromised immune system, the people who are showing severe symptoms. We have to we have to prioritize those people because those people are essentially maybe dying in your case may not be that bad to where if you're not showing symptoms, then you don't have to worry about getting tested. We have to basically strategize how we're giving out these uh the resources for this test whatever the case may be so i do agree with that statement that we don't have enough resources to be testing everybody and way more people are walking around with it as i said and now standing in joking matter um granted i think my cruise was what uh it was on my birthday so it's been a month so i mean i may be good now but if i did have it i mean it's probably passed by now, but I do believe I may have had it at a, at a point because I was on a cruise with 4,000 people. And we're going to find out that people on other cruises had it and they left before us. Like we left on Friday, we left on Saturday, and the, the first cruise that came back to uh, San Francisco, the Princess Cruise, and I wasn't on a Princess Cruise. I don't, I wasn't on any of the cruises that have been reported of people who have coronaviruses. But the fact of the matter is that I'm on a cruise ship with 4,000 people and I don't know what those people are doing in their off time. I don't know how well these people are washing their hands. I don't know if these people are washing their asses. Um, and I may have rubbed shoulders with them. Or I may have been in the vicinity of them coughing. And I may have contracted that reason. But thank God I'm still here. Um, I had another topic I wanted to get in. We're about an hour in. And I hate um, dragging these episodes on as long. Oh, the last thing I did want to talk about. They had, and if you guys have questions, go ahead and and get them out now. I'm gonna talk about this last topic, and then we're gonna get out of here. The last thing that I did want to cover was uh the music service being affected. There has been reports about audio streaming being bound by seven point six, so almost eight percent within this last week because of people staying home, and that was interesting to me 
But then when I thought about it, I wasn't surprised because I think about my listening habits. Like I, I listen to music. I, I play video games. So I listen to music when I play video games or I listen to interviews when I play video games because I like to have something other than the audio from the video game playing. And that's also the best time. Like if I'm at home chilling, I want to watch TV and I can't watch TV and listen to music. So I have to find something to do to pass time and listen to music. So the majority of the time I listen to music is in my commute to work or doing my runs in the morning or doing my, my workout after my runs. And so I think about listening habits and I I'm curious to see how record labels and streaming services are going to respond to this. I will say, and I continue to big up title, even though I'm not supposed to. I work for a competitor. I don't need to disclose who the competitor is, but I work for a competitor of title, and I'm still subscribed to title because that's how invested and that's how great that brand is. Like title, even before this report came out, as soon as the the stay out, the safer at home mandates came out. Title has been holding, um, <clears throat> what is it called? It's like work at home or stay at home playlist to where they're basically every day they're, they're issuing uh, these playlists of live performances. And that's interesting to me to see that they're doing that and that that's what they're prioritizing because they understand that people are not going to be listening to music. You know, live performance is something that I may want to do in my downtime or even while I'm working. Um, even I listen to music I work to. That's another thing. Um, when I'm at work and I'm like trying to get crank something out, I put music on and, and have one earphone on so I can hear anything going around me. But I'm at home now, so I have a TV on. Like I'm not sitting at home for eight hours listening to music. So I'm definitely interested to see how record labels and see how streaming services are going to respond to this. If this does last as long as we're expecting this to last, just for the sake of the matter, at they're losing money. And I've seen albums get pushed back. I've seen singles get pushed back just because of the sake of the fact that people are not listening to music right now. Um, I know one album that I can speak of in particular that was supposed to come out this week got pushed back to a further date just because of that label did not want to basically waste money on a such a huge artist releasing the album but not getting their money back. Um as I said in the beginning, speaking about the NCAA and everything else, their bottom dollar would have been affected by that. Um, these streaming services, I don't know how the rest of the streaming services are going to fare with this because people are not streaming songs. People are sitting at home watching Netflix, watching Hulu, watching, watching whatever the case may be. Whatever it is, they're not paying attention to audio. Audio is not the priority right now because people are want to view something. Um, my go-to is watching the news, watching sports. Um, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm watching a high school basketball game. Just because of, you know, I can't listen to music and record the podcast. Obviously, that's going to interfere with the, uh, the uh, audio. So I'm going to be interested to see how that play out. My guess is that one of these independent artists, they're going to take a gamble. They're going to, they're going to release something. They're not going to have that much backing. And but they're not going to lose that much money because for one they're not wasting money in promotion and for two we don't have that much to listen to like I know the weekend dropped this past weekend <laughs> but I don't listen to it and I'm not that big of a fan of uh, male R and B either that could be a reason why but um I didn't listen to the weekend's album and I don't know too many people that did but the weekend has a huge fan base so I'm surprised that I don't know too many people that were like posting about listening to this music because people are more focused on everything. Um, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in. I can't stress enough how important it is you guys tune in. Um, make sure you like and subscribing. Uh, if you're listening on 
SoundCloud. Make sure you're liking, leaving comments. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure that you are subscribing and also uh, liking. If you're listening on Apple or Google Podcasts, make sure you're subscribing and liking. I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, before we do get out of here, my what to watch for this week. I have two. One is For Life on ABC. It's currently airing. It's currently in season, so you can catch new episodes and you can catch old episodes on demand, whether it's ABC on demand or maybe on Hulu or whatever the case may be. My second is Good Girls. They're both really good shows, but Good Girls is like I'm surprised at how good it is, but Good Girls is really good. Like I heard that it was good, and I brought it up in conversation with my mom. And my mom is someone who I really trust with movie and uh, TV show suggestions. So when she told me it was good, I was like, all right, I know that I really got to check it out. So definitely my, my what to watch for this week is uh, Good Girls on Netflix and it's currently in season. And For Life on ABC is currently in season as well. My best kept secret for this week, we're going to get into this uh, Smoke Dizzle and Flip De Niro. Flip De Niro is one of my favorite young artist out of New York right now. I don't know what it is, but he he he's killing hooks. He got a couple of singles that I mess with too. Um I know he had a hit two years ago that Leave Me Alone. But he's been he's been constantly providing hits since then as well. But also on this track, like his he's showcasing his uh his ability to also, you know, land in and provide a, a hook for a certain song. So once again my best kept secret for this week is Smoke Dizzle featuring Flip De Niro praying for my soul. That's the Speak My Peace podcast. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Stabbers on the beat. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I done been through all this shit. I've been praying for my soul. I've been praying for my soul. I've been praying for my soul. Tell me you can tell me shit. I've been all up on the go. I've been all up on the go. Chasing shit I want to go. I've been chasing all the chips. I've been plotting like it for. I've been plotting like it for. I've been plotting like it for. I done been through all this shit. I've been praying for my soul. I've been praying for my soul. I've been praying for my soul. Your whole life invalid as a Facebook fact. I got some cake put back. Don't get your ways pushed back. 45s make it harder if your face look black. Every state took flat, every race look whack My homeboy home base, every day cook crap Like Ace cooked that, around the way hood rats A whole box touched down, whole case pushed that Feel so good, bring Mace hook back uh, Thank mommy for a constant prayer On the paper, monster slayer, bomb on haters Thou shalt not fuck with Georgie or he Fill a hundred shots from hecklers in 40s Call Leon with it, shit, it's all the approach Make a call on my folks, get your passage revoked I flip the pillows, I flip the memo I flip Guerrero, young flip De Niro I done been through all this shit, I've been praying for my soul I've been praying for my soul, I've been praying for my soul Tell me you can tell me shit, I've been all up on the go I've been all up on the go, chasing shit I want to go I've been chasing all the chips, I've been plotting like it for I've been plotting like it for, I've been plotting like it for I done been through all this shit, I've been praying for uh, my soul I've been praying for uh, my soul, I've been praying for my soul Cards on the table, nonetheless won't fall Got the racks on hold, know the checks gon' go Highest fucking units office, keep my neck on froze Get my record Flows, you can check off those. These some rare Gaultiers, Street Dream Esco, Pasta Pesto, Mob Style Flex though. Got my trap line booming, everyday specials. Keep mo cues coming like my man Fredro.
rolling that petrol, mixing with a tad of this rising. Let's see how that go. Struggling to hold my cough, looking like Satchmo. Munchies hit the Krabby Shack, back to back blunts going, crisscross, daddy map. One like four grams stuff, that's a fatty back. Better save it a flavor, you might never get it back. Uh, fast break, this a layup, fam. Wanna see a player jam, hit him with the prayer hands. I demented wallet shit, I've been praying for my soul, I've been praying for my soul, I've been praying for my soul. Tell me you can't tell me shit, I've been all up on the go, I've been all up on the go, chasing shit I want to go. I've been chasing all the chips, I've been plotting like it for, I've been plotting like it for, I've been plotting like it for. I demented wallet shit, I've been praying for my soul, I've been praying for my soul, I've been praying for my soul. I pray the Lord. I pray that I never sin again, as long as I live, I can just get out of here.